you find that your skin is changing now that you're in perimenopause and menopause? I sure do. Well, today we have an amazing guest who's going to talk all about skin health. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Today I'm here with Jennifer Harrington. She's a naturopathic doctor and the founding director of Menopause Natural Solutions. And I'm very excited to have you on the show today, Jennifer. Welcome to Morphous. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Jennifer, I'm so happy that you're here. I actually kind of hunted you down because you are the author of one of my favorite books. I can see all the tags you've been busy reading and highlighting. I have been. So why don't you say the title since it's your book? From Invisible to Invincible, The Natural Menopause Revolution. I love it. So the reason why I was so happy to have you on the show is because, as you know, Morphous is all about perimenopause and menopause. And you, in my mind, are really at the forefront of the movement in terms of removing the stigma and talking about it. And this is where it is so important and why we want to do Morphous is because the more we talk about it, the less of a stigma it is. Like, what got you started on this journey? Well, I was a naturopath working in the fertility field and I found that I was getting more and more menopausal women knocking on my door and I started going through the transition myself. So I was doing my own research for me. So it's kind of a little bit selfish. And if you listen to my podcast, you'll hear I do things like the 50-year-old shoulder because that's what I'm going through. (laughs) So I want to share my knowledge and my research with the rest of the women out there. And thank you for doing what you do, because even my, like, I have learned so much from your podcast. So for those of you who are watching, please go onto iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and search Menopause Natural Solutions. You have to listen to Jen's podcast. It is fantastic. And it's one of my daily listening tools, like really, and and learning tools. So thank you for doing that and helping all of us. You know what? It's actually been a pleasure. It's been a real joy and I've loved doing it. It's one of those things I put off for so long and I don't regret starting. So um, thank you. Thanks for that feedback. Jen, I want to talk about skin today. So I'm turning to page 185 in your book and you have a whole section on skin. And as we get into perimenopause and menopause, our skin starts to change. We start to see a little bit of crepiness. We start to see some sagging. So I thought, can you share a little bit about what the aging skin, what aging skin should look like, what it is and your thoughts on how we can help it from a natural perspective? Mm, absolutely. So with skin, first of all, I want to start by saying it's not an aging skin is not a disease, but it certainly can affect the way you feel about yourself. So your self-worth and your self-esteem can go down and so can your mental health. So if it is impacting, then you do need to reach out and seek help. But when we're looking at skin, there's many things that can change. So if we start by looking at acne, Some women find, actually it's about 20 to 40% of women during their transition will find that acne turns up and they'll wake up one morning and it's like, what's this, what's this? But I also want to say that cystic acne can be very painful, but for most women it's just that they don't like the look of it on their skin. So what's happening here is that your estrogen levels should be in ratio with your testosterone levels. And As we know, during the menopausal transition, our estrogen levels start to drop. And what can happen is that they can drop faster than your testosterone level. So it's not necessarily that you have high testosterone, it's that the ratio is imbalanced and that there's a relative testosterone dominance. 
And when we have extra testosterone, you might find acne. You might find those unwanted chin hairs. The other thing with the hair is you might find those random, really long hairs. It's like, where did that come from? Like, hair's supposed to be short and on your face you've got this witch's hair, some people call it. That's also um, linked with testosterone. Um, yeah, so that relative imbalance can produce those kind of symptoms. Some women also find when they have higher testosterone, they're more likely to be a bit more aggressive, maybe a little bit more snappy. And sometimes there's libido changes. Like we know with the perimenopausal and menopausal transition that some women have lower testosterone, lower libido. Other women have higher libido during this transition. So that's all a, a hormonal change. So that is one thing that can impact on our skin. Another thing can be dietary changes due to the other symptoms. Now, if I think about my own personal perimenopausal journey, the first thing that I experienced was changes to my sleep. So if you're not sleeping well, quite often we're looking for stimulants the following day. So you may find that your diet's changed, that maybe you're having more sugar, maybe some more carbohydrates, more of the foods you know you shouldn't be eating, but you just need a crutch to get you through the day. Now, with those changes, we do know that when we have higher blood sugar levels and potentially insulin resistance, that also links in with acne and, and changes to the skin. The next factor we can have a look at is stress. Stress increases the conversion of DHEA into testosterone. Therefore, looking again at that testosterone-estrogen ratio. So, guys, stress management tools. It has been such a crazy year. I, I, I won't go down there because we all know it's been a crazy year. I don't need to explain. But if you're not doing stress management tools you need to be and a lot of people don't link it oh my skin's not looking great maybe I'm stressed but stress also causes bad night's sleep which might cause puffy eyes the next day um, other dietary changes can be dairy dairy and gluten are linked in with with skin changes so that might be something else that you want to play around with another thought is collagen we all seem to know that our bone mass reduces with age. Not everyone puts the link together with collagen because our collagen levels also reduce with age. And when I say collagen, I want you to think structure. So if the structure of our skin is starting to change, we will find that we will start to get those sagging areas on our face that might not be something that we want. So consider are you having enough animal proteins in your diet? Do you need to supplement with collagen? Now, I personally supplement with collagen because it's a structure. We've got to think about our bones, our ligaments, our cartilage, our skin. Um, for me, that's something that is very important because I want to be active, not just maintaining the look of my skin, but also my whole body. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of collagen. And I heard a stat that women in menopause, so we lose 1% of our collagen 
after the age, I think of like 21. But once we go into menopause, we lose another 30% on top of what we've already lost to that point within the first five years. So for me, supplementing with collagen is actually, it's a non-negotiable, non-negotiable. Every single day I, I take collagen and there are different types of collagen that you could take, which is, um, which is really helpful. So I love that you're saying it's like, you think of it as a connective tissue, right? And it's so abundant in our body collagen. So it's something that you can give to a small child, but for us women in perimenopause and menopause, it is really important that we take it daily. So I, I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned it. Yeah. And look, bone broth is another way to get it in your food if you're looking at dietary sources. But for me, a lot of what I do is about education. Yeah. And it, it gets so common knowledge about the bones, but not about your collagen. So um, that's a message that I want to make sure women know. I love that you mentioned that connection to bone health because it is really important for helping to support our bones as is calcium and vitamin D. So it's a great way to do it. And bone broth, like you said, is a good way, or you can take it as a, as a supplement if that helps you. So I think it's great. You know, Jen, I want to ask you, so you, you mentioned acne and you know, so is there, what can, let's, let's kind of go back for a second. What are some things, some natural ways? And, and the reason why I'm so happy you're on Morphous is because our philosophy, for those of you who, who've been watching us for a while, know that we also have Naturally Savvy and I've had Naturally Savvy for 15 years. We're all about the natural way of doing things. So what are some natural ways or natural things that people can do who are listening, who can help themselves if they have acne? Let's start with that. So when we're looking at skin, Let's start with topically. Mm. Are you actually washing your face? Because something I didn't mention is that when you have that ratio imbalance with testosterone and estrogen, you, it tells your body to create thicker sebum. So therefore we're going to need to, we may also find that we have oilier skin. So we want to make sure that we're washing our, our face, but what are we washing our face with? We don't want it to be with some toxic chemical that you found at the supermarket. We want it to be a beautiful, organic, natural product that is not going to strip our skin and imbalance the skin microbiome. After that, we also want to look at the, the general environment. Like what you're washing your hair with as well is going to impact on your face. Yeah, it's so true, Jen. And also what we know is we absorb 60% of what we put on our bodies. So if we're going to be using those harsh chemicals like phthalates and parabens and all those nasties and the fragrances, then we know that we're absorbing a good amount of it. And in menopause, we really want to be careful, especially at this time. We don't want to be putting chemicals on our body that could impair our liver and our kidneys and all of our detox organs. We need to be, we need to be helping ourselves as much as possible, especially at this stage. So I, I love that. Do you have, what, what's your nightly skin routine? What do you do? on a daily basis okay so I I just have three things I just a wash mm -hmm. and then I've actually got like a it's not, not a mask it's just like a mineral serum that I put on and then I put a moisturizer on top that's super simple yeah <laughs> I probably should do more but that's that's all like that's what I can regularly commit to daily and then, so let's talk about food. So there are certain foods, you talked about collagen, you talked about building that connective tissue. There are certain foods that we can eat that help to build collagen in our body. So we know vitamin C is really great for eating. So our oranges, our citrus family, also all the green vegetables that have the vitamin C in it. What are some other foods that you recommend, not only that have collagen, but have other things that can help to help our skin at this time? Absolutely. So when we're thinking about our skin, I think of it as a brick wall. It's really the the barrier between the outside world and the inside world. Mm. And if I use the analogy of the brick wall, I think of zinc 
as being the bricks. And I think of your good oils as being that mortar. So we want to make sure there's an abundance of beneficial good fats in the diet. If we're looking at supplements, I would tend to lean towards fish oil or sea buckthorn. Now, if you haven't heard of sea buckthorn, it does contain omega-7, and omega-7 is very good for mucous membrane health, so very good if there's dry skin. Because as we go into perimenopause and menopause, we obviously have, a lot of us have, you know, vaginal dryness, which is a big problem, and other skin issues. So what can we help to help, what can we help lubricate the skin from the inside out? Yeah. So when we're looking at mucous membrane health, as well as skin health, so see buckthorn would be a go-to just because it contains the omega-7s that help to lubricate and to nourish your mucous membranes. I would also look at your fat-soluble nutrients. So things like vitamin E. And one of the go-tos, if it's just the early stage of vaginal dryness, then try vitamin E pessaries and see whether that makes a difference for you. I, with my patients, if you're in Australia, I use a compounding pharmacist and we compound out different pessaries. And sometimes I would put vitamin A or vitamin D or vitamin E, like my fat-soluble style nutrients. So uh, that's, that's a good starting point if you're at the beginning. So one of my things with education is letting women know that there are multiple options. For some women, if you're the end stage, it's that you can't walk, that you can't wear underwear, you, you need to start with topical estrogen. But if you're at the other end, let's start at the beginning. Let's see what we can do with C-buckthorn and vitamin E. And depending on where you are along the way, we can, we can add different things in. But some women have no vaginal dryness. Some women have extreme vaginal dryness. Most of us are somewhere in the middle. Right. And I know you're a big fan of omega-7, having listened to your podcast. How does it, how does sea buckthorn differ from, let's say, a fish oil or a vegan source of omega-3s? Yeah. So your fish oils, you're, you're generally using because of the EPA and the DHA component. So EPA is very anti-inflammatory. Your DHA is more for your heart health and your brain health. Yeah. Yes, they're all oils. They all help with lubrication, but they're not specific. When I'm looking at something like sea buckthorn, there is a little bit of EPA, there is a little bit of DHA, but there's also that omega-7, which is the specific one for mucous membrane health and lubrication. I do have a question about the estrogen, the topical estrogen you talked about. And I know in your book, I know you talked about genetic testing, which I'm a very big fan of. What if somebody can't take any type of estrogen, even BHRT, so even bioidentical hormones, what else would you recommend instead of a topical estrogen for vaginal dryness? I don't know if you're going to like this answer, but I would recommend a consultation because there are <laughs> so many individual different factors yeah. and there is no one size fits all mm-hmm. and you can't compare your journey with another woman's journey mm-hmm. because not only do you have different genes, You have different things that you've done in your life. You've been exposed to different toxins. You've eaten different food. I really need to put my detective hat on and figure out what I can do for that individual woman. I actually love that answer. 
because, and I know you're a practicing naturopath. I know that you consult with people and I want, absolutely, we're going to put up your information. I want everyone who is interested in learning more or to have that personalized consultation to contact you because it's, it's tough for us at this time. You know, we, our bodies are changing. We're like, wait a minute, what's going on? How come that's yesterday that wasn't there, but today it is. And it's like, things are changing so rapidly that it's important to speak to someone like yourself who understands and who's an actual trained naturopath, right? So you have that, that degree and experience. Jen, is there anything else you want to talk about when it comes to skin health before we end today's interview? Absolutely. Now, skin health or your skin is an elimination channel. So quite often, dull skin or even problematic skin can be linked with its inability to detoxify. Mm. So I start by looking at other elimination channels. Are you moving your bowels? If you're constipated, this could be putting extra burden on your other elimination channels. Your urinary system is also an elimination channel as well as your skin. Like the top threes are the bowels, the urinary system and the skin. And we need to make sure that they're all working optimally and that we're not putting the burden on one system or the other. So, yes, good bowel health, regular bowel movements are vitally important, not just for skin health, but for overall health. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of increasing the amount of fiber that we're eating and really understanding how often we need to be going to the bathroom. So important. And that's a really good point. So thank you for sharing that. And I do have to say that when I take my collagen, I notice that my bowel health is so good. You know, I, I don't know if you found that as well, Jen, but collagen really helps with bowels and, and, and digestion, at least for me. Yeah, so I've changed with different brands from time to time. I find some really increases my bowel trends at time and I get diarrhea but the one that I'm on at the moment works really well so if you are trying collagen and that product isn't working for you maybe try a different product yeah and I agree and there isn't no there isn't one thing fits everybody right so I think that's the thing with any natural remedy that if something isn't working for you but we know that it may be good for us is to try something else or a different brand or or a food right like you were saying before if you don't want to take collagen try bone broth that might work really well for you I want to go back to your fiber point because so many of us are eating a low fiber diet. Mm. Are you eating your fruits daily? Are you eating your vegetables daily? Are you eating your salads daily? Yeah. And even when we look at phytoestrogens, things like flaxseed, this is a beautiful fiber and phytoestrogen and protein and good fat. So um, what I tend to do is we get flaxseeds, sunflower seeds and almonds, grind them all up. And you can put it on your smoothie, you can put it over your salads as a way to increase fiber and phytoestrogens. So easy to make. I mean, there might be, you can ask your local health food store or grocery store, but definitely easy to make by throwing it in the blender. And then it's great because you could throw it on yogurts, you can throw it on your salads, you can throw it in soups. Delicious, right? So that's a better. Sorry to cut into it. It's actually better if you make it fresh. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Jen. That's a great tip. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for being on our show today. I'm so happy that you were able, we were able to work this out, you being in Australia and me being in Canada. This is good. Thank God for, uh, thank goodness for technology. It's uh, it's pretty exciting. It certainly is. And thank you for inviting me. It's been a lot of fun to chat to you. And so can you please tell everybody where they can find out more information and how they can reach out to you if they wanted to do a one-on-one -on -one consultation? Sure. My website is Menopause Natural Solutions, 
And it's probably the best place to start because on the website, there's also links to the podcast, links to my book, From Invisible to Invincible, The Natural um, Menopause Revolution, um, and also links to booking a complimentary discovery call if you want to have a chat with me or you can just start working. A lot of women just go, oh, I need the consult, let's get started. So all of those options are on the website. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for everything that you do. It's my pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Jennifer Harrington. She's a wealth of information and somebody that I go to when I want to learn about perimenopause and menopause. So please give us a big like if you enjoyed what you learned. Leave us a comment if you have any questions and please share this video with anyone you think that could benefit from today's information because the more you share shows you care. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.